Hi, I'm Rusty White. My wife, Diane, and I are retired teachers. And beginning in about 2008, we started taking trips to the Boundary Waters as a couple. We've taken about 30 such trips to date. All of those have been booked through Paragus Outfitters. Most of them have included a Paragus guide, Steve Johnson, who over that period of time has become a family friend. We've had nothing but wonderful trips. There have been a lot of cases when Steve Johnson, the guide, made things turn out well that might not have turned out well otherwise. We can't say enough good about the people at Paragus and in particular Steve Johnson. We wouldn't have had 30 trips if we had been displeased. We have seldom used the full outfitting option through the outfitters because we own most of our own equipment and canoes and such. But on a couple occasions when we've had daughters or granddaughters go with us, we have used the full outfitting option and think that that's a great and surprisingly low-priced way for people to get into the boundary waters for the first time. We love it enough up there that we've moved from Nebraska and now live about a half mile outside of the boundary waters. So we're no longer Nebraskans as of December 2021. We became Minnesotans. We endorse and, and are proud to work with uh, Steve Paragas and the Boundary Waters, and they've also helped us connect with uh, local organizations like Friends of the Boundary Waters and Save the Boundary Waters, who are dedicated to preserving the area. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experience were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters and it's, it was really cool, it was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars, I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Welcome to episode 59 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. My name is Matthew Baxley. I'm Joe Fredericks. We are standing on the frozen banks of one of the many scenic and awe-inspiring rivers that flow from the wilderness down into the vast waters of Lake Superior. Frozen. Deeply frozen. Well, actually, it's very frozen, and there is still moving water. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, hopefully you can hear that. It's just a beautiful, cold winter's day. Uh, we've had some back into those temps from our New Year's experience. Matthew, revisiting some of those same air temperatures, 26 below air temp tonight in the forecast, and just really settling into what has proven to be a intensely beautiful winter in the Boundary Waters area and the North Shore. Yes, you know, I love that it's the larger region is the Superior National Forest. Yep. I mean, it feels, it feels that way. Mm -hmm. uh, 
in regards to it's just a vast expanse of public lands, including the land and water that we stand on right now. Yeah, these rivers are really remarkable in the, in the winter. Uh, those that flow from the boundary waters, like where we started the season last season on the Brule, started the paddling season there. Yes. Coming out of horseshoe. Oh, the peanut butter patch. Peanut butter patch. Uh, so the rivers like that that start, you know, in the wilderness and drop all the way down here toward Lake Superior to some of these smaller ones, shorter ones uh, that drop into the big lake too. But just to see them transform in the winter. I mean, there are some people that, that get on here. Matthew, we're, we're following ski trails. You were up here just last night, actually. Indeed. But not as much recognition necessarily as like the boundary waters, for example. Indeed, and I would say, you know, though not the recognition as we look around, the awe-inspiring beauty is incredible. I mean, we are standing under a large old cedar. Uh, opposite bank of us are a pretty extensive, pretty high canyon walls of mm -hmm. uh, rhyolite and you know, icicles dangling all around us from the cliff edges, from these you know, trickling springs that continue to move underground throughout the, the winter time. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, the fact that we have these things as resources around us is incredible. And, and Joe, I think our listeners have their own versions of these little nooks these little secret wonderlands in their own regions, mm -hmm. the places that they go to when they can't get into the into some place like the Boundary Waters, but that they go to for beauty, right, and solace and adventure, right. Like the Twin Cities area has a number of little creeks, rivers that you could go, Lakes. From, yeah, from the mighty Mississippi to something you know around the St. Croix area and, and Stillwater in those areas, uh, but. Also in, in Chicago or you know wherever people <laughs> Iowa, might be. Yeah, exactly. Your old neck of the woods. Right. Or up to a place, Madison, Wisconsin. Madison. That's a place that we will be venturing to in oh, the, yes. the not too distant future. Right. The uh, famed Canucopia is back. It's back, Matthew. And I think that really ties in. We're gonna be hearing from the organizer of Canucopia in the episode today. But something you just touched on, alluded to, is the fact that the paddling community, you know, we talk, of course, we're here at the Boundary Waters, it's the Boundary Waters podcast, but people are canoeing, kayaking, adventuring, doing the same types of things that we do all over the country. Yes. And we really got to learn a lot about that when we were at Canucopia, the last time that it was held, which was three years ago now. It seems like just yesterday in some ways. <laughs> right, that people are doing these types of adventures all over the place, you know, walking up frozen rivers and exploring and, and checking it out. That's why we came up the river today. You know, we could have uh, gone to the Boundary Waters. We're gonna be there within the next couple of days, probably that's just kind of how we do it. But we wanted to come, We've got all these other beautiful places to see here along Lake Superior and these rivers that flow from inland and Superior National Forest. Right, and you know, it's a great big community of folks that we're a part of that seek out these places, large and small, mm -hmm. because of the connection and the relationship that we form with these places. 
Yeah. And we all get this chance to get together, to like nerd out, as you will. Uh-huh. Uh, and Kadukobia has all these different venues and avenues to do that, from music to vendors to talks to just social time. And we're going to have a booth there. Right. Yes, we will be back at 2022 Canucopia. It was such a, it was kind of one of those events and moments in the podcast. I think it was season two of the podcast when we were there that really kind of took us on another level of trajectory, it seemed like. We just met so many people there. I think they call it a turning point. It was absolutely a pivotal moment for us. I mean, just to like, understand how important these stories from the Boundary Waters are to people, that this is a greater thing than us and our adventures. It's about capturing a sense of place. That's what the podcast is. And for me, that really sunk in when we were at Canucopia. I mean, Matthew, when that family came up from Indiana and basically wanted to get your autograph, <laughs> more or less, I mean, they wanted to take a picture with you and they, they knew you and they identified you uh, through the Boundary Waters and the stories that we had shared on the podcast. Yeah, that was a real precious moment. And they went from being strangers to friends immediately. Right. And that's the nature of an event like this, mm -hmm. is you, you get to be automatic friends with folks because of these links and connections that we all share. Well, and we just saw a little bit of, of that walking up this river today, Matthew. We just passed some people who were so friendly. They had their dog and they wanted to know a little bit about some trail conditions immediately had a sense of connection around this outdoor recreation that we're out here doing. Yeah, especially it, when it's zero degrees, there's <laughs> immediate respect <laughs> right. when it is zero. <laughs> right, which it is right now and it's going to be getting much, much colder. Uh, so with that sense of kind of community built around outdoor recreation, but particularly paddling, let's learn about what's coming up for Canoe Copia in 2022. Canucopia is back in 2022 in Madison, Wisconsin. Joining us now on the podcast for more about this year's upcoming event is Darren Bush. He is the owner of Rutabaga Paddle Sports and the event organizer for Canucopia. Darren, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's always good to be here. Right, especially uh, 2022. Canucopia is back and in an in-person way. I know you've done some virtual things. It sounds like for this year, a bit of a hybrid approach, but largely uh, for our purposes, we're talking about getting back to Madison and, and the event being back in a way that people are familiar with. Uh, tell us about what to expect for 2022 when we think about you know, COVID protocols and just wh where we're at with the event. Well, let me back up just a second. So most of you know that in 2020, we had to cancel it the day before the show started. Um, and that was uh, a rough decision, but it was it was necessary. Um, be, I mean, I canceled it, saying we got it. We we can't do this. People that are coming from all over, and then the next day, the county shut down any event with more than five hundred people anyway. So uh, we made the right call, and uh, so we did that. <clears throat> we thought the following year, COVID will be such a way that we'll be able to do it in person again. Uh, well, that didn't happen, and we saw that coming. So we decided to do a virtual show where we've had all the speakers uh, record 
or do live, depending on the, the speaker um, and their internet access um, and, and do their presentations. And it was really cool because two things happened. Number one, people had a couple months after um, to see all the presentations. It's the first time I've seen presentations in 25, 28 years, um, just because I'm always working. So I got to go through and see a bunch of uh, my friends do really, really cool presentations. And I'm like, these, I, I knew they're smart. Yeah. But I didn't know they were that smart. Right? Well, you and, see you know, why people get excited too about the presentations. Right. So, um, and then I had a gentleman from uh, Arkansas tell me, um, you know, I've been coming to Kinecopia for years, but I'm 80 years old and I'm not driving to Madison in March. Um, I just can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. He said, so thanks for doing this. So people all over the country, all over the world can attend Kinecopia and get, uh, if not the gear part of it, the spirit of it. Right. And so this year, you know, we decided to go back in person and we were able to put together the protocols. Um, we we're making booths a little smaller and aisles wider. Uh, we cut out a bunch of booth space and um, put in just more open space so people feel more comfortable. We're requiring masks. That's uh, our county mandate is is masks in indoors. And so between those things, um, and, and more space um, and more space in the speaker rooms. Uh, I feel com comfortable. Um, I mean, I would send my mom there. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, the gold standard is what I let my mom go to this thing, yeah. you know, and she's 82 and I'm like, yeah, I'd let my mom go. Mm -hmm. So between that and the virtual, uh, so people can choose to do one or the other or both. And so they can go to the speakers they want to go to and then go back virtually and watch the ones that they didn't get to see. So um, I'm just happy that we're back together, but I'm also happy we can provide this virtual uh, option for people that don't feel comfortable coming or can't. And my friend, John from Arkansas signed up and coming again. He popped me an email and said, just, you know, I'm really stoked. Thanks for doing this again. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to keep doing it uh, along with the show until people don't go anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, so Friday, March 11th is is largely the kind of the kickoff day. Saturday's a big day. Sunday's also a lot of people coming in on Sunday. Are are we going to have the same atmosphere? I mean, when I recall our experience at Canoe Copia, it's a lot of fun, some music. Uh, you know, in the afternoons and evenings, camaraderie, a lot of conversation around paddling, boundary waters, Lake Superior just a sense of, you know, kind of energy in the air. Do you, do you expect that that will be the case? Uh, I think it's going to be that way or uh, even more than normal. Um, it's kind of like, uh, so Kinecopia is kind of like a rendezvous, mm -hmm. right? Where all the voyagers would come out of the, the boondocks and sell their stuff and party for a week <laughs> and drink most of what they made. Then they'd get in their canoes and take off again. So it was like their one time a year to really get together and socialize and talk about the things that they, they love. Um, and so it's kind of the same thing, but we haven't had this, you know, since 2019, we haven't all been in the same room. Mm -hmm. So people are really excited just to see their friends again and uh, to see the speakers they love live again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be epic. Nice. Good. Well, we're excited to be coming back for the podcast and uh, you know, something has happened too, Darren, I'm sure you are well aware of this through 
rutabaga or, or just in general with outdoor recreation during the pandemic. One thing that did occur during the pandemic that perhaps some people didn't expect was that outdoor recreation would just skyrocket. And, and certainly we've seen that in the Boundary Waters. Visitation has gone up and conversations with the outfitters here from the Gunflint to Grand Marais, Tofty, and to Ely that just a lot of people are engaging with canoeing and outdoor paddle sports and recreation in a new way or in a different way, uh, new people coming into the scene. Do you expect that some of that might even bring new people to Canoe Copia this year? I think so. Um, the, the data we collect, and we collect a lot of data. Uh, I used to be a geek for a living, so you can take the geek out of the health department, but you can't take the health department out of the geek. Um, we collect a lot of data on Canoe Copia um, attendees. About 25% are new every year and about 35 percent um, have been once mm -hmm. so then there's this group of people who come every year all the time no matter what um that's 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 our core but we do get a lot of new people every year and i think this year maybe maybe even more and i i think the reason for that is like you said there's a, a growing interest in in being outdoors uh, i think there's a couple reasons number one it's the ultimate social distancing right and um, number two um people heal as we we all know this those of us who spend a lot of time people heal from being outside and covid has been a you know a a, a trauma on our entire society no matter how it affected you, whether it was because of a close person, friend that got it, or you got it, or you know, you know, someone who passed away, or just being locked in your house, right, and being unable to see other people, um, that's that's very traumatic uh, for us. We're social animals, right? We like to be around each other. So uh, that being in nature allowed people to heal from that. Yeah, and when that then carries over into outdoor recreation and, and gear and so forth, that just the idea that people who maybe previously would have thought, well, you know, a canoe expo, I'm not, what's that really mean to me? But it's not just also like canoeing at Canoe Copia, you, from, from hiking to just all sorts of outdoor gear. The national parks have a presence there, the Forest Service, other agencies and so forth. So there are other opportunities to engage with this new kind of interest, these people that are taking a renewed or new interest in outdoor recreation. Right. I mean, a lot of outfitters uh, come and have boots there. And there are people that started this year or last year, maybe they bought a, a recreational kayak or some sort, and they've been spending time outside. They go there, they see a presentation on the boundary waters and they go, I didn't know this existed. And then they walk out and walk around the corner to talk to one of the outfitters. And they learn that all they have to do is show up with a credit card and it's done. They don't have to buy anything. They can have it. All the food's packed. Everything's done. All I have to do is show up. Um, there's a lot of people that really appeals to. And um, there's a, a store uh, in Brooklyn, in New York, that uh, started off this this really cool guy started it as um, people wanted to go outside but millennials number one they're less likely to own things it's kind of they don't they don't want to have stuff number two they're in brooklyn new york where storing a boat is you know a hassle mm -hmm. and number three they did, they're all about experiences right so they'll drive up 
and basically I think it's an old gas station, but he'll they'll drive in at the bay. He'll scan their, their card or the QR code and put the backpack in the back of their, their car and they'll drive off mm. and they'll go up to the Catskills, the Poconos or whatever. And then they'll have a weekend trip. They'll come back and they'll drop their stuff and they're done. Um, that has exploded. Mm-hmm. And those who have gear, part of his business now is washing. So people can drop off their sleeping bags and all their other stuff and have them washed. So that full service kind of thing uh, is really becoming uh, a big thing. So the outfitters have been doing it for years, but no one knew it. You know, they thought you had to go, you got a canoe and a paddle and you got kicked off the dock and good luck. But they didn't know you can do a turnkey. And people are surprised by that and happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you at Rutabaga or, and or Canucopia marketing toward a, a different generation? Are you consciously aware of, you know, hey, we've, Time to start bringing in some some new people here. Oh yeah, we've always done that. Um, the one thing that's really changed is, I mean, when I bought the business, you know, twenty years ago, you put ads in the newspaper and ads on the radio, and a boosted post or a Google, you know, ad word that didn't exist. So mm-hmm. it's it's a brave new world. Mm-hmm. So the good news is by switching over to more social media is we're getting a lot of people in their, you know, their twenties and thirties and and forties who use social media differently. And so uh, something will pop up if they're looking for canoes or whatever, or type in kayak, maybe the next day Rutabaga or a canoe ad pops up and they're like, that's cool. Um, we're also finding, and this has always been the case is word of mouth is our biggest advertising. I mean, I had a guy drive up from Indiana a couple of weeks ago and he said, uh, I was told this is the place to come. And I had a gentleman call me from Denver, actually past Denver up near uh, Grand Junction. He said, I need two bite new two kayaks. I said, okay, we got them. Um, and he said, well, I'll, I'll be there on Thursday. And he drove out with his wife to get kayaks and outfitted and stuff. And he walked in the door and said, I, I talked to you on the phone. Are you Darren? I said, yeah. And he come and just bear hugs me and says, thanks, man. This is awesome. Um, one thing that some of the other manufacturers or some of the, the retailers did, I talked to my peers is when stuff didn't come in for the summer, um, they kind of, they canceled orders or cut them back or whatever. We didn't, we just said, keep it coming, keep it coming. So our warehouses are now full and, and, and then some, um, we're putting boats between the aisles of boats. Um, so it, it's, we, we are, we're ready to go, right. We don't have to worry about that. So people are starting to buy boats now in anticipation of spring because they don't want to be caught flat footed again, like they were last year. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, last, one of the last times that you and I spoke, you had told us that you had a fall 2021 trip plan to come back to the boundary waters i know you've been many times darren but did you get during the pandemic have you been able to sneak over to the gunflint or ely or anything uh no the we had a a trip planned with uh four of us some dear friends we've been talking about going to the boundary waters um hi todd and shannon um (laughs) for years they live out in uh in, in iowa or idaho and we're all ready to go and we're about four weeks out and COVID was starting to spike again. And they're like, I don't want to buy plane tickets if it's going to get canceled. I said, well, can we just put it off a year? And they said, I hate to do this, but yeah. So 
COVID didn't keep us from going to the Boundary Waters. It kept my friends from getting here on an airplane to go to the Boundary Waters. Mm. So I do have a trip planned for this year. Uh, we're going to do it kind of no matter what. <laughs> yeah, good, good. No, it's good to hear. And I know last time you were on the podcast, you we entered into a conversation about the Gunflint or Ely, where you prefer to go or what trips you've done in the past. And I think you uh, maybe had some strong feeling about that, or at least a feeling. So that's, uh, if we can stir the pot on that again, what, what gun, uh, gunflint or Ely? <laughs> so Catholic or Protestant, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's your choice, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, um, that said, my first trip uh, to the Boundary Waters, oh gosh, I don't remember, 1980 something. Mm-hmm six i think um we went up the gunflint and put in on uh on saginaga and that kind of cemented my head kind of like when ducks imprint on their mom i kind of imprinted on grand marais and on the gunflint so it isn't that i don't like ely but i imprinted on the gunflint trail and every trip i've taken since then has been through Round Lake, Saginaw, Seagull, Gun, any of those, uh, you know, bearskin. Mm-hmm. It's it's just where I go, and um, it's a little less traffic, which I like. Um, I, I don't know. So yeah, I'm. Don't tell anybody in Ely, but I'm kind of a Grand Marais guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's that's fun. I know you you mean that uh, with good intention because Ely is a is you know even when you're on sag it's probably as the crow flies just as close so uh nothing to do with the one place necessarily versus the other i think uh, some of the history is uh what you're saying makes it more comfortable for people uh you know we know a lot of people are starting to get excited for some quetico trips maybe not using our abcs necessarily but going up and around and traveling in through canada or some of the other entry points toward Ely might make that a little bit easier, lack of and so forth. Uh, so just getting people back into Quetico, I think, will be a pretty big deal for 2022 paddling season. Are you going to have some? I, I remember the, Joe Robinette had been come down to Canoe Copia, a uh, big YouTube sensation, essentially, and he was with some of the canoe manufacturers from Canada. Are there going to be some Canadian people at Canoe Copia this year? Uh, not as many. Uh, Canada is a little bit more um, cautious about uh about that i i don't know exactly um if i don't know if joe's coming or not there will be some recorded stuff on the speaker side of it um canadian manufacturers are more likely to have a reduced presence um one thing we're doing so swift uh at this point uh can't come um but we're going to put all their boats out and we're going to put a poster with a QR code. And if you scan it, it'll call Bill's, Bill Swift's phone number. <laughs> and you can still do that, that virtual part of it. Nice. So we're still going to make it up the opportunity for them, people to look at their stuff. And um, we'll have our staff there as well. And I'm basically a floater. Um, and if someone needs help, I'll just go over there and help them. Okay. Very good. Well, I know Matthew and I are very, very excited to get back to to Madison and see so many members of the paddling community that uh, we haven't had an opportunity to to see in person or even speak with uh, for the past few years. And so we're very excited to get back. Canucopia starts March 11th, 2022. 
Uh, the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast will be there. I'm sure some other folks from uh, the Boundary Waters area certainly will be there as well. Uh, we're talking today with Darren Bush. He's the uh, owner of Rutabaga Paddle Sports and one of the, the organizer of Canoe Copia. Darren, a uh, pleasure to talk with you. We look forward to seeing you in March. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, Canoe Copia 2022 will be there. We've got our booth there, but we're still here on this frozen river. What if we took a, a short stroll up to the, yeah, the river's edge here, uh, being very mindful of safety? Yeah, you know, these shelves, as I experienced, you know, I skied, skied for a couple hours up this river last night, and um, I've, I've been out here four times now, and every time some element has changed, you know, a shelf has dropped or, or collapsed, yeah. or an ice bridge that formed a different route is now fallen, and you have to find it. Like even this section right here that we're looking at, there's a an ice shelf right next to my ski tracks from last night that has wow. fallen into the river. Wow! And how close are you gonna get? Easy. <laughs> it's like I'm stepping off. Uh huh. There's a shelf there. Okay, it okay. just drops down off yeah. my ski pack. Wow. Look at that iron river. Just beautiful in winter. Yeah, Absolutely that, beautiful. That bog stain yeah. coming down from the, the boreal mm -hmm. thickets. Isn't it magnificent? It really is. And what I love about what we're seeing right now is that, you know, because the river level still vacillates in the winter, uh, you know, there's sections of ice that the the river is now flowing over. Yep. So they're submerged and it creates a different color versus ice that has more recently formed on top. And there are these really unique globular icicles yeah. that hang down uh, and grow. Mm -hmm. That just sort of, you know, it's like they're dancing with the water right there. <sighs> um, Matthew, after hearing conversation with Darren and you know, learning a little bit more about um, just what to expect at Canoe Copia. It's back. We'll be, you know, it'll be. I went. I went to a Minnesota Twins game. I guess this this past summer. But this will be my first kind of big event since the pandemic. Yeah, with lots of with lots of people. Lots of people. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Darren obviously taking it seriously. I mean, everybody will be required to be masked up, and there's just. Hopefully a break after Omicron and this is going to be a okay time to be together. Anticipatory. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you looking forward to the most? What's kind of got you, when you think about the fact we're going, what are you looking forward to? Can I give you a list? Please. Well, first thing I'm looking forward to is the drive. Yeah. We get hours in the car together, Joe Fredericks and I, to just get excited and talk and tell stories, listen to good music, eat sunflower seeds. Oh, yeah. That's always great. Built, it's the build. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think about the event itself, uh, seeing people face to face. Mm -hmm. You know, this is great what we get to do here, but it, that actual physical contact, like not, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. face to face interactions with mm -hmm. seeing, looking people in the eyes that get to hear our voices and, and this, we get to hear their voices. Right. Uh, and I just remember how many new stories we heard the last time mm -hmm. and I'm super excited just to hear those stories and 
feel that buzz mm-hmm. that comes from the in-person. Right. What about you, Joe? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the canoe manufacturers from Swift to Northstar to all the manufacturers that come. I just remember seeing all those canoes and be like, gosh, I could really envision myself in this. I mean, there is like a big part of of canoe copia is also like product, you know? know. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think I blocked that part out because there's just so much. Right. That the, the people are, is definitely what I'm looking forward to most is, is the people and the stories and the connection we'll make. But also just, I haven't really looked at much gear in a while. Yeah, like in person. Yeah. Like sort of the window shopping of, of paddle gear. And that's not even my thing, Matthew. Like I am not somebody who goes shopping at all for anything basically i have I groceries use, and that's about it i use what i have until it breaks and is completely not functioning yeah like on brule when your paddle broke <laughs> <laughs> right. and so i don't know i'm kind of excited just to see what's out there see what's available and, and just spend time with people maybe we'll get to hear aubrey playing her banjo again from redbud suds you know those types oh, of moments man. that leave an impression on you that type of stuff yeah Maybe diving into the pool. I don't know. Oh, pool. <laughs> Hot tub. Yeah, man. Mm. Getting some food, some takeout. It's all going to be, like, even those small things are going to be fun. Again, we took for granted maybe a little bit, you know? Yes. So uh, we'll be there, Canoe Copia 2022. Looking forward to getting back. And uh, meanwhile, we got to get off this river. You better get off that ledge, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I might be going to Canoe Copia by myself this year. I just sing when I paddle canoe, feeling not thinking if the strokes are true. We're gonna get through to the other side. Out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar. Roll me, rock me in my dreams. You can roll me, rock me in my dreams So I like to sing, I love to dance I play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light All around the campfire light All around, all around, all around The campfire light Thank you.